I'm going to ask you to get your Bibles out. If you have your Bibles, just get those out or turn on your phones and download a Bible app real quick. And, and let's get ready to receive from the Lord this morning. Also, the backside of your bulletin, as you can see, the backside of my bulletin is absolutely full because last night was so rich. And so I'm just going to encourage you to grab your bulletin and uh, turn it over, grab a pen in front of you, write down what the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Uh, because God is about to unleash uh, kind of the next level of reset. We've been talking about reset from the beginning of the new year, and Pastor Phil is here today uh, to continue that thought, continue that message, and to bless our hearts. I got to see Pastor Phil preach a long time ago for the first time. It was at a conference, and he's up on stage, and he's going, and he's preaching, and from the moment I saw him, I'm like, I love this guy. I love, I mean, I didn't even know him, and I was in love with him. Okay, I mean, that's the kind of, I'm just like, it just was crazy. And I never really got to know him until a little bit later. Uh, we began to serve on a leadership board together, and we got to team up and, and different projects and, and just got to know him, got to know his family. And, and he and Carrie uh, pastor a phenomenal church in Pullman, Washington, it's, it's kind of settled right between three major college uh, campuses, uh, universities, uh, and he could tell you more about that, but uh, his, his church is like full of college students. It's crazy uh, what God is doing out there in Pullman, Washington, and, and, and the thing is, is that I've gotten to meet a lot of the people that go to their church at conferences or even being at their church. I've gotten to meet their leadership team, and here's something that's really, really rare is that when you start meeting people, like up close, like you can see somebody preach and like, wow, I like that person. And then when you get to know them, you're like, eh, not so much. You know, <laughs> you get close and you're like, I'm not quite sure. But the closer I've gotten to Phil and to everyone in his church, everyone I've met from his church, I absolutely love. And what that tells me is just what a great leader he and Carrie are of that church and that they have something that they're investing in college students and into our fellowship. He's one of the main leaders in our fellowship. And so uh, we had a conference in Chicago this week, and so it was great that he was able to stay over. I asked, can you stay over and preach? And so he's going to talk about the next level of reset. And so would you give a very warm welcome to Pastor Phil as he comes to minister God's word. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, uh, Pastor Darrell and I have a bromance going on, so <laughs> we love each other. Uh, I have to say I do have a lot of respect for uh, Pastor Darrell, Pastor Darrell Sr. Um, family. We got to know the family here. By the way, I'm trying to get him to come back out to Pullman. They were out there, trying to get him to come back again and spend a week with us out there. So would you please tell them they need to come, bring the whole family. We're trying to get that to happen, but he's been a little reluctant. Show me how much the bromance means, bro, all right? <laughs> so we're trying to get him back there. But, but uh, I just want to, I, I just feel so privileged to be here um, uh, amongst all of this heritage that's in this house. Um, I'm so thankful. I got a, we got a, uh, you've, you've treated us so well. The hospitality has been amazing. Our, we got a basket in our room. Of, we've been eating on that. We're going to eat that, on that for the next five weeks. So it's, it's, you guys do it really, really well. Um, really appreciate uh, you as a congregation, and you are very, very fortunate, and you're very blessed to have the pastors that you have here, giving you the word of God each and every Sunday. Um, absolutely amazing people. I want to talk to you, as uh, Pastor Dell said, about maybe a couple more points about this reset. He gave you a number. 
as I was watching them online there, I thought, hi, I'm going I'm to give a, a couple more. I made up some words to make them reset words. But, but anyway, we're going to move along, okay? So I'm going to give you the very first point. Hopefully we hit four. If not, we'll just we'll, we'll stop wherever we, we need to. We'll be done at 10 after. Uh, the first reword is repurpose. Repurpose. What's your purpose? Have you let it stray a little bit? Do you need to be repurposed again? God has called you to be somebody. He's given you an identity and with that a purpose. But we have a problem now in our society. We have a thing called identity theft, right? Identity theft is the fraudulent acquisition and use of a person's private identifying information, usually for financial gain. Naturally and spiritually, spiritually speaking, the enemy is trying to steal your identity. He's trying to steal your purpose that God has for you. Identity theft is the single fastest growing crime in the nation. Identity theft happens once every two seconds. $50 billion a year is stolen. And studies show that most people take anywhere from 175 to 600 hours trying to restore their identity. Has anybody been a, had identity theft happen at all in their lives? Was it a fun thing? Not a fun thing at all, right? Unfortunately, 25% of all identity theft victims will be dealing with victimization trouble for the rest of their lives, trying to get out of it. You see, the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy, right? He came to steal our identity and to destroy your purpose. He did it with Adam. He got him to exchange his identity for something else with a trick. He tried to do it with Jesus. He tried to kill and destroy his purpose for being here, and he is trying to do the same thing with you. He's trying to rob you of your identity, of your purpose. <clears throat> we want to fit in so badly that we give away our identity for, so, for someone else's approval. We exchange purpose for popularity today. We exchange our purpose for popularity. I need a, a couple of volunteers. You're going to help me, bud, right here? Matthew's going to help me. And, and is it Cheyenne? Is Cheyenne here or is she gone? Oh, okay. She's a great gal, by the way. God has a call on her. You know that? He's a call on her, and he's going to do some amazing things in her life. He's going to visit her. He, he's, he's, he's doing something. He's stirring inside of her, and he wants her to know that she's not forgotten. She's not left behind, but he's got purpose for her. What's your name? Michael, come on up here. Michael, come on up here. Joel, do you want to come up here as well? Sure, he does. And where's, where's Rex? Rex. Is Rex here? Where's Rex? Is he checking the kids? Oh, okay, yes, come on up, come on up. Oh, Rex is out there? You know, when I, Rex has got his daughter, his son, his wife, his stepchildren, he's got everybody involved in this place. Come on up here, come on up here, come on up here. Okay, just a second, I need another balloon, man. What do we got here? I'm going to give each of you a balloon. Okay, Kerry, can you get a balloon out of my bag there? Out of the side, see if you can find it there somewhere. Popularity, what the enemy tries to get us to do is to extend, ex ex exchange all of our energy 
towards moving towards popularity, our breath, our creative voice, and all that, to puff up our popularity rather than perform our purpose. Now, I want you to see, can you guys, uh, there we go, right here. Should have Daryl do one too, but anyway. <laughs> all right, blow, blow those up, blow those up, blow those up. Blow up this. So, so we're extending energy. Instead of being involved in our purpose, the enemy's going, but you want to look good. You want to be big. You want to be proud. You want to be somebody. And so we blow all of this hot air into these balloons. All right, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You see the size here? You guys keep. No, no, no. Don't stop yet. Yeah, keep going. Push. Push. From the gut. Push. Oh, okay. You stopped there. Okay, now. Oh, whoa. Now, here's a problem you kind of keep about, this is what you're shooting for. Now, you can tell who's the most proud person here on stage by how fast. <laughs> the thing about popularity, though, is this. God, the enemy's trying to get you to go toward popularity rather than purpose. And the thing about popularity is this. It always leaks. <laughs> I feel like the Wicked Witch of the West. I'm melting. It, it, what happens with popularity, it always escapes you. And then you got to go back. Oh, look at this. He's, he's, he's still moving there. You got to go back. You got to go back. Here you go. And blow in it again. And blow in it again. And blow in it again. You see, popularity always leaks and it robs you of your purpose. Because we're trying to be somebody. You know who God wants? He does his best stuff with nobodies. I want to be a nobody. Everybody asks me, hey, I go, listen, I want to be a nobody. I live in Pullman. You, has anybody here ever seen Pullman on a map? Okay, Pullman is not a destination spot. Chicago is like, woo! The bean, the skyscrapers, hallelujah. Wow, it's great being here. Pullman? See, that's why they don't want to come, because there's nothing there. you you, you got to be on your way to nowhere to get there, okay? You can't, you know, it, it's not the ends of the earth, but you can see it from Pullman, all right? So I'm just telling you. The enemy is trying to steal your purpose, your purpose. It will always, it will always be deflated. And you know what else? Popularity, popularity, pops. That's why they call it popularity. It's here today, gone tomorrow. And we spend all of our time and energy and effort trying to look good for a world that's trying to steal your purpose from God. Give these guys a hand, let them sit down, okay? God has purpose for you. He has destiny for you. And we spend our time doing stuff we have no business really doing. Trying to look good for someone who really doesn't care. And the main goal from the enemy is to destroy you. To destroy your God-given identity. Your God-given purpose. In Christianity, we have an identity problem. People don't know who they were created to be and what their purpose is. And if you don't know who you are, 
You will be shaped by the culture. And the problem is with Christians today is we don't know who we are and what our destinies are and our purpose is. And therefore, we are shaped by our culture. Culture forms us. We allow culture to, 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 to move upon us when we're supposed to be pushing against culture. We let culture shape us instead of us shaping the culture of today. That's what God called us to do. Shape the culture. Make it the way he has designed it to be. You were made on purpose, for purpose, by God. That's a calling. On purpose. You're not an accident. You weren't an oops today here. I was like, oh, gee, my, they had, there was my brother and that, and there's 19 years between me and I was an oops. No, there is no oops. There's only a yee-haw. We got another one. God made you on purpose. He designed you from the foundations of the world, and he gave you a purpose. On purpose. For purpose. By God Almighty. In Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that all things, how many things? All, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his your purpose? Whose purpose? One of the problems we have is this purpose war. God made you on purpose, for purpose, but we have a purpose ourselves. And he's saying, no, no, no. You see, life is going to go well when your purpose overlaps with his purpose, or should I say, when our purpose overlaps with his when we finally get the clue, you made me for a reason, you got things for me to do, and I'm going to be about getting it done. And here's the issue, though. We start with purpose, and then we kind of wane from the purpose. We get older, we think like, well, we did stuff, we got done, and so, all right, I'm done, and I'm just going to kind of fade out. I was talking to Dr. Merrill. He, 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 goes, to, he goes to India three times a year. My gosh, and he's 80-some years young, and he's still got purpose. He will have purpose until they put him in the dirt. And as he's in the dirt, he's going to be, you know, you're going to see him pushing against the mound. It'd be a scary thing. Purpose, purpose, destiny. That's what you have. You have purpose in this house. You have a God-ordained function, a God-ordained purpose in this house. Because, see, there's an empty seat right next to you. That means God wants more people in this place. And who's going to do it? Raise your hand if you're going to be one that's going to do it. We're the ones that do it. Fill it up. Fill it up. The word purpose means a setting forth a proposal, an intention, the showbread in the temple as exposed before God. It's interesting that in the, in, in the temple, in the tabernacle, was the table of showbread, and on it were 12 loaves that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. That's what this word means. Purpose means this. And what it was, it was called the bread of the presence, and it was set out before the presence of God for a week. What would happen, it would be set out before the Lord. 
I tell you that if you want to find your purpose, lay yourself out before the Lord and he will give it to you. Purpose doesn't come from getting inspiration from a TV program or something over here. It comes when you get in the very presence of God and he begins to speak and energize your soul and tells you why he created you. Amen. Tells you your destiny. Tells you that you're here on purpose. And he's got a plan for you that's bigger than yours. You're not an accident waiting to happen. You're a purpose waiting to be fulfilled. You're a purpose waiting to be fulfilled. And what's our purpose? In Isaiah 43, 7, everyone who was called by my name, whom I have created for my Glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. You see, you were made to glorify God. Is your life glorifying God? Is it giving him glory and honor and power? You see, you, you don't give him any glory. You don't have any glory to give. But you begin, let me say this, believers are called to give glory to God by what we say and do. It does not mean that we are adding to the glory of God already has. It means we are revealing the glory of God to the world through our words, our lifestyle, our behavior. It also means that we are giving God our praise and adoration. You see, when we begin to worship and give God the glory that's due his name. By the way, Leanne, you do awesome. Your voices, woo! Amazing in worship. When we get up here and we let God know that he's awesome, that he's wonderful, that he's great, and we begin to not be ashamed and let him give him the glory that's due his name, that's part of the glory on Sunday when we're not ashamed and raise our hands and let him know that he's awesome. Amen. And we thank him for what he's done for us throughout the week. But also, it's, it's when we're in the week, the words that we say to the checkout person, the words that we Proclaim over the person who cut us off in traffic. Hallelujah, God bless you. You must have needed to be in that spot more than I did. Go ahead. I wish I always said that. By the way, this is my lovely wife over here, Carrie. I couldn't do anything that I do without her. Here they say, behind every good man, there's a great woman rolling her eyes, and that's what my <laughs> wife does well. God is good. The second word. Re-stretch. My wife told me that's not a word. I said it is now. I make up words all the time at church. Because they should be words. Once I was talking and I got into this and I said, the top nacho. People are going, what? I, I, I got between the top dog and head honcho. I was top dog, head honcho, and it came out, the top nacho. And I go, without skipping a beat, I go, you know the one on top with all the cheese, and it gets all the stuff and all the goodsy goodies up there. You know that guy? And they go, we know you screwed up, all right? <laughs> screwed up. I did. Screwed up. Restretch. Restretch. Philippians 3, I'm going to start at verse 13. It says this. 
Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. We need to have great forgetfulness for all the junk that's happened to us. But then it says, and reaching forward, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Everybody, reach forward. Okay? Do you know what the word reach forward in the Greek means? It literally means to stretch oneself. It means to, to stretch oneself. Everybody stretch for a second. Ah. Oh. Now that's a tired stretch, but, but you know, it feels good, doesn't it? It's like, I got a tired stretch. Ah, oh, I'm stretching. But, but I think God doesn't want us just to do a tired stretch. He wants us to do a workout stretch. You know what a workout stretch is like? It's when you get down there and you get ready to work out and then you spread legs out and you try to touch your toes down there. Oh, pulling that back leg, that muscle. Oh, that one over there. And all of a sudden you feel like working out, doing something. You see, God wants to stretch you. He wants to re-stretch you. Because sometimes we think, well, I've been stretched far enough, I'm done. You could go, listen, you're 83, is that right? 83 years old. He could say, hey, I'm done, man. You guys do it. You guys get some gray hair, all right? He's not done. He's out there being re-stretched or stretched again, right, honey? She said, it's proper, stretched again. I go, I know, but it doesn't fit my message. When you stretch, when you stretch, God's getting ready to do something. You know what this is right here? What that is? What is it? What is that called? It's a rubber band. Oh, are you smart? <laughs> See, you got hallelujah. She has the gift of encouragement, and so that's. Do you know what this was created for? What was it designed for? To be stretched, right? It wasn't meant to just sit there like that. Okay, I know people might use it as an eye for a snowman or something like that, but it wasn't designed for that. It was designed to be stretched. It fulfills its purpose when it's stretched. Stretched around something, does something, right? Do you know that God designed you to be stretched? That's what he designed you. He designed you to be stretched. Stretched. And you know what happens when you stretch something? You stretch and stretch and stretch and stretch. Do you know what happens now? I'm a, I, I was a, a, a civil engineer. We're putting potential energy, right? Remember that back in those days? Potential energy inside. We're putting potential inside of you. You see, when God stretches you, he puts potential inside of you. What are the stretching? It's all the, all the trials, tribulations, and things you go through. And we're going, why, Lord? Why is this happening? Oh, I designed you to be stretched. 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 But then you know what he designed you to do? To go. Sorry, I just about hit him. You didn't even flinch, man. You're just like rock solid, dude. You don't bother me. He's just stirring me down now. Stretch. You know why you're going through 
the issues and the problems that are happening in your life? God's stretching you. He's stretching you. He's getting you ready for something. You see this. Now, now understand this. We go, oh, God, please don't stretch me. Don't stretch me. Don't stretch me. Oh, it hurts so bad. Don't stretch me. All right, I won't stretch you. Oh, and we have Christians like this. I don't want to be stretched too much. I don't want to be stretched too much at all. And so we're stretched this much. We have this much potential. And then when God sends us, Lord, thank you for using me. <laughs> it's like, dude, you didn't go anywhere. I know, but uh, the fall was great. <laughs> there was no energy or excitement in that. But ladies and gentlemen, remember, to have the potential put in is hard. Why is this happening to me? Lord, why are you doing this? Why am I going through this? Lord, wh wh why? He says, trust me. Amen. You see, I'm putting potential into you because I'm getting ready to... I'm not going to go after you. <laughs> send you into something. Whew. I'm getting ready to send you to something. Now, we come in all shapes and sizes, all colors. Now, here's the problem, though. When we're going through the stretching, here's what we think God is doing. God is gently getting us ready for something. We think this, though. He's going, <laughs> oh, yeah. How do you like them apples? Yeah, watch this. Whoa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's not what God's doing to you. Now, it may feel like that. It feels like that, doesn't it? It's like, Lord, you do not know what you're doing. <laughs> you ever said that to him? It's like, this can't be part of the divine purpose of God. It, it sucks. It's, whoops. Okay, I work with college students, so we just talk like it is. And my wife always tells me, don't say that word, don't say that word. Sorry, honey, it slipped out. <laughs> it's, it's, it, what's a good word then? What does it do? It, it, it stinks! <laughs> See? So we have the same personality type, Pastor Daryl. That's why we like each other. That's why we have this bromance going on. We have the same personality style. We're crazy. We're weird people. But we love people. But it stinks. Stinks. It stinks. I don't like what I'm going through right now. We all say it. But you need to have a vision for why. We get hung up on the what. What you're going through. But God centers on the why. Why? I'm designing. Purposing you. I'm putting things inside of you that will help you fulfill your destiny. You're destined. You're handcrafted. You're handmade by the divine God Almighty. 
And he's adding into this concoction of who you are all of these things that will make you the man or woman you need to be to fulfill your destiny, your calling, and your purpose. And I'll tell you what, when you get to the end of that, when you stand where he is, and you look back over your life, I don't think he's looking back over his life going, oh, crud, that, that stinks. That was, look at all that. You know what he says? That was hard, but you know what? Do you know what that did for me? You know when that happened? When, I, when it stunk? It, I was in there, and, and, it, and it made me a man of God. It made me. It, 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 rough, it, it ground off some rough edges. It polished some things in my life. It allowed me to speak to people with a sense of authority because I've been there. I've gone through it. I know what it's like. God has purpose. He has destiny. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Stretching. God wants to stretch you out of your comfort zone. I just want to end with these thoughts. God wants to restretch you. He wants to repurpose you. Some of you have been in Christianity for a while, and as you're in it for a while, we pay our dues, and then we do our don'ts. Oh, I did the dues. I paid my dues, and now I don't have to, right? That's what we call dues. I pay my dues, and now I, I do my don'ts. I don't have to do it no more. Who said that? God wants to repurpose you. He wants to refocus you. He wants to re-energize you. He wants to reignite you. I was taking a shower a couple of, a couple of days ago, and... Uh, This is that e-personality. It was probably like a year ago, but about a year ago. In the shower, and all of a sudden, ice cold. Why is this happening to me? And if all you do is start complaining, water turned hot! Something's wrong! It ain't going to change. Until you get out of the shower, go down and find out what the heck's going on, and relight the pilot light. My gas hot water, light went out, just lit it back again, and I had hot water again. Don't let your relationship with Christ grow cold because it does. It's called entropy. Anybody know what entropy is? Second law of thermodynamics. It says everything goes from a high energy level to a low energy level. Something like that, right? You probably... Yes, decrease in order. And here's, here's how we... Your room... Have you ever cleaned your room before? Has he ever cleaned his room? Occasionally. When he cleans the room, gets it all done, it's all cleaned up, and it's all wonderful. Does it stay like that? No. You know why? Well, the scientific term is entropy. Now you can say that, Mom. Mom, entropy has taken place. My room has entropized. It goes from a high energy level to a low energy level unless you add something back into it. You have to add energy back in. 
So to keep that room clean, it's going to go from organized to disorder to chaos unless you add something back in again. Unless you add something back in again, you got to go and clean it again and clean it again and clean it again. Do you understand in your relationship with the Lord, entropy is a natural byproduct that you've got to fight against. The enemy uses entropy to go, it's all good. You're okay. Don't worry about it. Everybody's room gets messy. It's no problem. But God is saying, I want to re-energize your relationship with me. I want to re-energize your passion for me. He wants to repurpose you. He's not done with you. He wants to re-stretch you. He's got stuff for you to do. Even him, he's still being stretched. He wants to reignite you in your passion, in your purpose for God. Don't let entropy take you. Don't let popularity take you. Let Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, take you to the uttermost. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for being so good to us. You're amazing. We love you. And do we ask you, Lord, don't give up on us. Repurpose us. Restretch us. Reignite us for the calling that you have ahead of us. And we'll give you all of the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Thank you. I just want to clap for you. Thank you. Thank you for being who you are. And thank you for fulfilling God's call on your life. It's been an honor and a privilege to be with you. God bless you.